You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from the Vandalia Church of Christ in Lubbock, Texas. We are a community that believes in the value of all people. You can find out more about us at www.vandalia.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Vandalia Church. There's this... Um this uh, thing that, that you guys are seeing. Anybody seen these before? Does this look familiar at all? It's just random pictures of something. That's called a magic eye um, deal. Um, looks like that, right? So um, you've got this picture of just a mess, and there's actually a picture within that picture. So if you have... Um, there's, there's, a, there's kind of a way to adjust your eyes and... and if you look at the pals up here, they're kind of doing it. You can kind of get it close and then kind of pull it out a little bit and kind of cross your eyes a little weird and, and, and maybe see the hidden picture. So I want to, I'm going to give you a second, see if you can see, see the hidden picture. I don't know if you can do it on the screen. I haven't tried it on the screen. This is, so that's why I put the papers out there. I haven't tried the screen. Can you do it? I know Keaton can do it really easily. Some people get really frustrated really quickly. <laughs> Anybody see it? See any hidden pictures? Sammy back there, Frank, you think so? An airplane? Biplane? Anybody else see a biplane in there? Now, now everybody's like, yeah, I see it. Still don't see it? Thank you, Karen, for being honest. It's about half and half. You know, I've, I've done this in uh, a couple of different classes and things like that. And it's about half and half. Some can see it and some can't. No? Nothing? All right. So this morning, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, perspective. Um, David's been been reading throughout uh, the. Uh, you're going to try and keep going, aren't you? You're like, I got to see this thing. It's got to work. All right, that's cool. It's like a fidget spinner thing. Okay, so uh, I'm going to talk about perspective, and um, the title. Uh, if you if you saw that a second ago, the title of the the uh, message is do as I do, and uh, it's from it comes from Matthew twenty three. Now Matthew twenty three is actually the um, David was talking about the, the lectionary and, and so on. It's the um, the the scripture and all that's that's could also be be talked about today since it's today's day um, for those that don't uh, aren't recognizing All Saints Day, but it fit right in with what I was wanting to talk about this morning just briefly. Um, so. I want to read from um, Matthew 23 um, to, to get us going here. So we follow on Matthew 23, 1 through 12. This is what it says. It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. You must be careful to do everything that they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to fit or lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long, and they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. 
And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I didn't follow along there, but that's all right. Um, there's this... Um, interesting interaction here in Matthew that um, um, Jesus is referring to some, some, some different things, and we'll, we'll kind of walk through those. First, first, he refers to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit at Moses' seat, and this was a, an important place in the synagogue where they, uh, the teaching was done from and, um, and so on, so it, it, was, it was a place of high honor, and, um, and Jesus goes on to talk about how how they they love to be in this place um, because of the honor that it brings and and the um, the the best seat at the banquet and and love to be greeted and respected in the marketplaces and called teacher and be recognized for who they are uh, and what they can do and um, what they teach and and so on. But Jesus says this interesting thing here in uh, in the second part. He says. So you must be careful to do everything that they tell you, everything that they tell you, but don't do what they do, for they don't practice what they say to do. Um, and such an interesting and kind of in-your-face line <laughs> that is like, uh, I, I love these interactions throughout uh, Scripture that Jesus has with different people and the way uh, that he just kind of takes and... and uh, and, and, and twists a, a little bit um, to get attention, like uh, Amy was talking about. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating, uh, the interactions that Jesus has with, with people. And what happens is, is that when, when you come into contact with Jesus, things change, all right? Or things begin to happen, um, any, any person that interacts with Jesus at any moment, whether it's this, the Pharisees, they have certain types of reactions. There are people that are, um, that when he's going about and he's teaching, they'll have different reactions and things will begin to happen uh, in their minds and their thoughts and, and physical things happen t- t- sometimes. Um, when he's healing people, their, their lives are changed by that healing and people around them are changed. Things happen when Jesus um, is around. When we interact and um, come into contact with Jesus, um, stuff happens. Um, I want to uh, take us to probably a pretty familiar scripture. It's in in Acts 9. But what I want you to do, instead of turning over there, um, is just, just to listen um, for the last month, probably, Keaton Kinsey, was that about a month or so? Um, hmm? Just about, all right, just about a month. He's very precise, my son. Um, we've been, in, in our Sunday morning class, we've been going through and we've been doing this um, practice of um, just the public reading of Scripture, just hearing um, um, kind of longer um, swaths of Scripture read. And then, and then we'll at the end we'll kind of come back and see what what did we hear what did what what's um, what's 
thematically, what's going on in there? What do you hear talked about over and over again? What's the point? What's, com- what's coming across? What's the author trying to say? Those types of things. But just these big sections of Scripture and just hearing that reading. And it's an interesting thing that happens because you, you start to hear every time that you read Scripture, you, you get a little bit of a different perspective. It's sort of like a, a, a uh, crystal kind of thing. You know, when you look at or a diamond, when you look at and you turn a diamond, you know, it changes a little bit. Every time you look around it and change it, light hits it differently. You see different things. That's the way it is with Scripture. It's this beautiful thing. But um, so I want you to just listen as I, as I read through this pretty familiar text in, in Acts 9 and just kind of hear and listen to what, what, is, um, what is going on here. Because this is a really significant interaction with Jesus that really changes the course of history. And so uh, I just want us to hear this, and we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit. It's Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest, and he asked him for the letters uh, to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there, um, found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Got his attention, I would imagine. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. The Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow, right? Amazing interaction that Saul has here. And 
And a lot of times we look at uh, the, the, the big, um, uh, you know, this light appears and kind of this um, picture that we get of what's happening with, um, with Saul and his interaction with Jesus. But there's, there's some little things in there that, that I think are interesting, at least when I'm reading through it, uh, that just kind of stick out to me. And then I just want to point out a few things and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. As you, as you hear through here, and, Jesus, and this inter- interaction happens with Saul, uh, the light flashed around him. He fell to the ground in verse 4 uh, and uh, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And his answer is very interesting because this is, this is Saul, this guy that um, uh, was part of this sect that was referred to in, in Matthew and was, was uh, followed the law. He was an important man in the Jewish faith. And so uh, he, he fits in to this category that Jesus refers to in Matthew 23, this uh, teachers of law and Pharisees category. And, uh, and what's really interesting is his answer. He says, who are you, Lord? It's like he doesn't know him. It's like he doesn't hear his voice. And Jesus, Jesus says in, in other places that my, my sheep, <laughs> they know my voice, right? And they follow. But Saul doesn't seem to, to know the voice. And in contrast, later on, you have the, the, a similar uh, uh, interaction that Ananias has. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, verse 10. The Lord called to him in a vision, and Ananias says, yes, Lord, knows who he is immediately. It's an interesting contrast that we see between Saul and Ananias. The one who knows his voice and the one who doesn't. And as you as you're uh, walking through here, and you you see this this um, thing that happens with Paul, this transformation that begins to happen um, rather quickly. Um, there's a couple of things that that um, uh, or another thing that's really interesting as it as it talks about. Um, uh, after uh, he has the, the interaction on the road, he says to him, get up and go into the city and you will, uh, you'll be told what to do. I can imagine so much anticipation on, in Saul. And then he find, and figures out pretty quickly once the, the light and, and so on is all gone and, um, and that he gets up and he opens his eyes, but he can't see anything. Talk about a drastic change he's just kind of going along having a good time you know arresting people <laughs> and then all of a sudden he can't see he's blind changes his whole perspective he can't go about doing what he was expected to do he doesn't know what he's supposed to do now and so these men that are with him um, lead him to damascus and in three days, he's in this state. Doesn't eat and drink, probably pretty upset. Um, I can imagine 
the turmoil that he's going through. And uh, in Damascus, we have this, this interaction with Ananias. And then, and then further along, um, it, it's just this beautiful picture that happens here, here at the end of that, uh, that reading. That when Ananias went to the house, he entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He says to him, Brother Saul. Calls him brother. Because he knows. He already knows what God has told him and what he's going to do through Saul, this man Saul. He believes it. So he already knows that he's going to be, he is his brother. Because he's going to be changed. Powerful. And it goes on to say that uh, he said, Jesus appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. But the interesting thing is, is that he, he doesn't just see again, right? He sees completely different at this point. His perspective and his world has been turned upside down. And we know, because we have the advantage of, of seeing history, what happens. We know the things that Saul, Paul, begins to go on and do. His life is transformed by his interaction uh, with Jesus. And it says after that, he spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, which I imagine was a pretty interesting time, right? These uh, believers in Damascus that, are, that are, have heard about this guy, you know they've heard about him and what he's been doing, so now they're hanging out with him. Pretty interesting conversations, I would imagine. Um, and maybe a little bit leery of what is going on. Maybe he was a spy, um, all, kinds of, all kinds of things. If you're human, you'd have those interactions. <laughs> uh, and then it says that he at once began to preach in the synagogues where he used to teach as well, that Jesus is the Son of God. Crazy transformation that happens when we interact with Jesus. There's this quote that I came across um, just this last week, and, and it kind of fit in. And it was a, a, a quote by uh, Pope Francis, and it says this. It says, an objective of our prayer is to change the way we perceive the world in order to change the way that we relate to the world. When we see the world around us the way that Jesus sees the world around us, it transforms and changes the way we interact with the world. Throughout my um, time, my, my life, um, there's, some would say long, depending on your age, and some would say short, <laughs> but, um, but in that time, there's been so many shifts and changes and transformations, and Sherry wrote an, um, an article about change in our uh, bulletin this week, and it's just, it's inevitable that things will change, but they drastically change when Jesus gets involved, and when you actually hear and listen and do what Jesus is doing. 
The interesting contrast is, is that in Matthew, going back to Matthew, he says, uh, you must be careful to do everything that the Pharisees are telling you to do, but don't do what they do. The contrast with Jesus is that Jesus comes and he says, do what I do, because I do what I say. And it's a beautiful picture that we get in contrast in these two different stories that I think are so connected. And our, my prayer is, is that we, we continue as a, as a church and as, a, as, a, as individuals, and, uh, that we continue to, to do what Christ does. To follow uh, Him. To be imitators of Him and His way. Um, no matter what the cost Because sometimes it will cost. I want to encourage us this morning to, to continue to, um, to live out the calling that we've each had. There's this um, beautiful scripture in, uh, in 1 Corinthians where it's talking about the, um, the different um, gifts and, uh, and, and so on that are, that are given... Um, to the people, to us. Um, and it simply says, it says that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to each one uh, for a purpose, is basically what it says. I was going to read it, but I, I lost it. <laughs> each of us has been given a specific gift, talent, to be used to follow, to do what Christ has called us to do on this earth. And when those things come together as they do in a body like this, um, we get a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God and the work that um, begins to happen and happens because of those gifts coming together. And I pray that we continue to seek and continue to, to look at that diamond just a little bit differently over and over again to see what else God has to show us each day. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this place, for this people. Um, you've brought us together for purpose. God, help us to see see with different eyes, to see um, new and fresh things that you're doing each day. Open our eyes to the work that's going on around us that you're already doing. Empower us with your spirit to do what you've called us to do, to be who you've called us to be. Father, no matter what that is, in everything, that you are the one that's lifted up. That your power is seen in our weakness. That your glory is revealed. We thank you and praise you this morning for the people that have gone before us, that have given those examples.
we can all think of those that have poured their lives into others, into us. Father, I pray that we can carry on that love, that legacy that comes from you. Thank you for loving us despite us. It's in Jesus that we pray, and in your name we all say, amen.